cheers to another episode of the Wine Notes Podcast. I'm your guide, AJ Weinzettel, on this journey of stories showcasing the people behind the wonderful world of wine, where we dive into conversations ranging from terroir, viticulture, to favorite music, superpowers, and more. Please enjoy this episode of the Wine Notes Podcast. Before we dive into this week's episode, I want to give a quick shout out to Lytle Barnett for sponsoring the podcast. Towards the end of 2020, Lytle Barnett sent out several bottles of sparkling to some of California's top 40 restaurants and sommeliers. One psalm in particular that got a bottle was Matt Kaner. After receiving the bottle, Matt Kaner called up Andy Lytle and told him, You need to be by your phone in 15 minutes. Of course, Andy Lytle was like, What the heck's going on? So when the phone rang 15 minutes later, it was Matt Kaner and he had Jason Wise on the phone. And if you don't know who Jason Wise is, he's the guy be- behind all of the Psalm films. Matt Kaner and Jason Wise talked to Andy about a food and wine pairing show idea that they had. They wanted to see if Andy was open to filming part of the series at Andy's location called At The Joy. And of course, they were going to feature Lytle Barnett as the domestic sparkling wine. So today... You can watch the James Beard-nominated show Sparklers on Psalm TV to take in the beauty of At The Joy and also learn about Lytle Barnett. You can purchase your bottles of Lytle Barnett by visiting their website at lytle-barnett.com. That is L-Y-T-L-E-B-A-R-N-E-T-T.com. And be sure to use a promo code WINENOTES, that's W-E-I-N-N-O-T-E-S, for 20% off. That is lytle-barnett.com and promo code WineNotes for 20% off until April 29th. And thank you again, Lytle Barnett, for sponsoring the podcast. Dave, Lois, thank you so much for taking the time today to join me on the podcast. I, I really appreciate it. We're glad to be here. Yeah. Yeah, thank, thank you. Uh, it was great seeing you last month at the Oregon Chardonnay celebration. And wow, it's it's hard to believe that it's already been a month since that happen and time is just flying by this year it seems like wow has it already been a month <laughs> <laughs> well i mean this we're we're like march oh my gosh we're march 19th or something or, or i mean it's just it's, it's crazy maybe it hasn't been exactly a month but close to it um you don't know what the it is yeah, you know, life is good. a blur right now yeah. well i can i can only imagine y'all have been busy for for quite some time yeah. Uh, but at the Oregon Chardonnay celebration, you were telling me that you're uh, pouring out an Oscar party. How, how did that go? Yeah, we it was a lot of fun. We um, randomly got this email from someone who runs these parties. And so it was a pre Oscar party the week of the week prior to the Oscar um the um, award ceremony and yeah we got to go and just pour our wines for some nominees and influencers and um, people in the industry and so it was it was pretty cool to be on site and see the flashy beverly hills (laughs) culture Um, a little bit of a shock coming from straight from the farm (laughs) just a little differences here and there just a tad Um, but it was a lot of fun yeah oh that that's awesome i was really excited to you know, for you to, to tell me and hear about it and then, you know, to, to see the post and stuff. That's just, uh, I, you know, I know that we connected, I don't know, late 2020, you know, at least for the, 
a little bit there. And then also, I think the summer of 21 for mm-hmm. uh, my sparkling report. And just to see how you all have just like went, woof, <laughs> it's just been absolutely fun and, and fascinating. But uh, your new vineyard, right? I I know that you have a new vineyard, Laurel Wood, Laurel Wood District. But uh, I, tell me, tell me all all the information. So the our vineyard is actually in the Shehalem Mountains AVA. Oh, so I'm sorry. Yeah, Laurelwood District AVA is where we sourced our grapes initially, um, with Laurel Vineyard being our first vineyard partner that we worked with. Um, and so yes, Laurelwood District used to be within the Shehalem Mountains AVA. So technically, you're right. Um, and so yeah, <laughs> so we um, our vineyard is in the Shehalem Mountains AVA, and it's in the southern tip of Hillsboro. Um, the funny thing about that site is that we. With Yamaha County, we're trying to figure out what the exact address was. And it was between like Newburgh, Hillsboro, Gaston, and it was like where it all converged. So it took us nearly six months to actually get an address and know exactly what city we were in. Oh, my goodness. Uh, So how how big is the vineyard and, you know, how how many acres and what do you have planted in? uh, In total, it's about 77 acres. And... um, and uh, plantable acres are pro- somewhere between 30 and 35 acres. Um, we have four acres right now, <laughs> planted baby vines, and then uh, about four and a half acres that going into spring as well. And then we're trying to be up to, if we have money left over, or if we sell enough wine this summer, <laughs> we'll plant uh, the rest of uh, like seven acres or so next spring. That's that's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, so I assume mainly Pinot Noir. Are you planning any Chardonnay or maybe some Pinot Mounet for, for that, sparkling? That block behind you right now, that's at around 1,000 feet elevation. And then that's the, our Chardonnay uh, block for our sparkling program. So yeah. it's already in the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, so that's we initially awesome. planted um, Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, and Pinot Gris. And we'll continue with the Pinot and Chard plantings this uh, this spring. And then Dave is looking to experiment with some um, other like off varietals where he wants to, you know, just try maybe an acre of like um, Gamay Noir or Eligote, Chuso Noir, Syrah, um, things that I Meunier. think. Meunier. Meunier, yeah. And so just, um, you know, we're looking to do this for 20, 30 years. And so we're looking forward and looking at what could potentially um, grow really well in, in this region. So, yeah, it's exciting to be able to make those decisions now. I don't know, maybe Blau, maybe Blau Frankish. Oh, Ooh. Maybe. interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be fun. Yeah. Uh, I have to admit, I've never heard of that varietal. So, so tell me, the, what, what, what is that? What? So Blau Frankish is kind of a lighter, uh, like a thin, thin skin, uh, red grape, like from Austria. So okay. it's more of a kind of a, you can make it into like a straight red also, but then it can be like chillable red and things like that, more easier, kind of approachable kind of red. Ooh, but that- Awesome aromatics. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that that sounds fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so you talked about like, you know, 20 or 30 years, like what what is what are your all's vision for like the, like the next 10 years? Yeah, I mean, uh, for us, you know, starting out as an Instagram winery, that's what I say, um, because in 2020, we launched um, during the pandemic, and we weren't living in Oregon at the time. So Dave was traveling back and forth, making his wine in the Walnut Valley. 
Um, so that was 2020. And then 21, we purchased our property and just planted our first vines. We're um, in the works to build a tasting room and winery that should be complete by the end of this year. We're um, starting vineyard tastings, tent tastings um, on a deck um, out in the vineyard um, in our Oak Grove um, starting this summer, so Memorial Day weekend. Um, and so once we have our tasting room open, you know, we're looking to be a mainstay in Oregon and, um, you know, continue to create community because that's what's really important to us. And drawing from like the food and wine scene or the, the culinary scene in Portland and bringing some cool chefs in. And um, so, yeah, lots of um, collaborations that we're looking forward to. And, yeah, ho hopefully 10 years down the line, people will say, oh, yeah, chill wines. I'm a member there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that that's awesome. Um, I, I'm just curious. This is a pure curiosity question. Any of the uh, the Silicon Valley Bank crisis stuff affect you all at all this year, this week? Yes, we're in it. No, I'm just kidding. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So luckily, but there are some like wineries I know that are um, that are affected by it. But luckily, yes, we didn't. Being a startup, you know. Um, Yes, I'm sure um, there were. We're, yeah. we're. Yeah, we're too broke to deal with that. We <laughs> to deal with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 It was. It was just a pure curiosity. I mean, I haven't heard of any wineries that are that have been affected, and you know, I think overall, it's it's all in the short term looking okay, but in the long term, like what's going to happen with the wine industry portion of the banking? I'm just. I'm very curious to see. Well, not curious holding my breath that it all goes well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really yeah. unfortunate um, what's happening. And so, ah, yes. <laughs> yes. Thinking, uh, thinking. <laughs> we're not. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank goodness. So you mentioned community, right? And I know, um, Dave, your, you know, your mom was, you know, was a single mom, you know, running a restaurant and whatnot. Uh, I'm curious, what is one memory that really stands out to you that, you know, stands out as, out as the perfect example of, of community. A community. Um, so for me growing up, a lot of my family and the cousins, like their families had all, like all the parents, aunts and uncles, they had restaurants growing up. So right. that means holidays, weekends, we're all, they're all working. And then, you know, we're not doing family meals and things like that. But uh, when we do have them, they're like either, during the weekday or just kind of random day, they're not busy. Just we get together and have crazy amount of food and just hanging out. And but always like they're talking shop because they can't get away from their businesses. <laughs> but still growing up listening to that, like wow, you know they can't you know get away from their business. But you know now we're thinking about it like. In our family gatherings, we can't talk about, you know, anything we can't, stop, yeah, we can't, you know, yeah, anything other than, you know, business and, you know, our ideas and all that stuff. So it was like, that is kind of, uh, in a broken way, is kind of a perfect community for me. <laughs> no, it's, it's, I don't think it's broken at all. I mean, it is part of who you are. It is your passion and it just shows through and through. And I, I think there's, there's nothing broken about that whatsoever. Marrying into the family and, um, you know, the family gatherings after like after late nights, like after the business is closed, they'd sit down together and then they'd talk for like hours about the business. Like, this is not normal at all. <laughs> 
<laughs> can't we talk about anything else? Right. Well, how but are now, you coping with that? How are you coping that? with that now? Well, you know, now that I've been in it for how many years is it? Like nearly 20 years now. Um, it's just part of our second nature now because we're our the ideas are always flowing we're always thinking about what's the next thing we're going to do i think it's just both of us have um spent half our lives well i spent half my lives within it with their family and so yeah it's yeah definitely just normal now and now they have retired too so yeah they talk about a little less now yeah well that that, that's good um So obviously that community comes through, that sense of community comes through loud and clear with everything that you do. Is that kind of something that you intentionally set out to do was to engage community with chill wines? And, uh, you know, you talked about the culinary, you know, with bringing that in. I mean, what other ideas do you have of of community for to, to bring it all in for, you know, for your chill wines family? Yeah, so Cho um, has a second meaning. It's carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, the makeup of all living things. So that um, core philosophy, I think, flows through us. It's just something that's second nature to us. You know, before we even did the wine, um, the wine business, we were always hosting parties at our house. We're always hosting bottle shares. One day was going to Oregon State. All the Vitus Club members would all come up to our house and share bottles. And so we were always sort of like the party central house, no matter where we went. <laughs> Um, even in grad school, all our neighbors would gather at a house and play Catan and drink craft beers. And our so couches we, were always occupied, at, yes. you know, <laughs> sleep over and things like that. So, yeah. yeah, I think it's just part of our nature. And then um, going forward, Dave and I are actually heading up a food and wine fest this May for Oregon um, Wine Month and um, Asian American Pacific Islander Month, um, because those two things are something that's very important to us. And we thought, well, we celebrate that anyway. And usually, you know, we have like some sort of club release. Well, we're like, why don't we take it like a thousandfold and then do like a big, huge <laughs> party where everyone can join? Um, and so in our, in our spare, spare time. In our spare time, yes. Of course. Yeah. So this May 20th, 21st, we're holding our first annual um, Oregon API Food and Wine Fest at Stoller Family Estate. And, you know, it's just that whole spirit of bringing community to um, people who are like us, who are um, Asian American, who are in the wine industry, or who are um, also in the food industry, and just highlighting those businesses and showing, um, you know, their integral role to Oregon's um, culinary food and travel scene. Um, So, you know, I think all those connections together will help grow our business as well, um, you know, grow Oregon and the the tourism industry here. And so we, we hope to be a part of that bigger Oregon community too, and contribute that way. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And, you know, you're talking about the Asian American Pacific Islander uh, wine professionals group. What is that just something that you've been trying to get off the ground or you're like, Ooh, that's a great idea. And just poof, just start running with it and go. Yeah, well, so there is there is a group called Asian Wine Professionals. Um, when we launched in 2020, they had in, a, um, interviewed us for like an Instagram Live. And, you know, once May comes around, you know, um, uh, you know, different press outlets are scrambling to find some content to post and stuff. And so, you know, we get those reach outs like May or like late May and they're like, oh, can we share about you? Um, and so I was involved with the Asian Wine Professionals group um, like slightly and then um 
you know, thought, you know what, I feel like we should do something locally first and then branch out. And so I think that's where the idea came about. Um, and, and there are less than 10 Asian American um, owned, owned and run wineries that we're aware of right now. Um, but a lot of times that Asian culture, we hide. <laughs> so we don't come out and be, be like flashy and be like, Hey, this is us. Um, but we do. So we're like, well, we'll draw you up. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, and that, that is awesome. And, you know, I just have to say, um, it is so nice that we're able to have all these events again and be in person and like, oh, I, we all missed it big time. I know. Agreed. 100%. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so outside of like everything that you're doing professionally, getting chill wines off the ground, you know, planting a vineyard, building a winery, you know, planning all these events. You also have three kids. True. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm sure um, that I, I, I don't know how to, how to ask this or whatnot, but do y'all take time to like have date nights together without any kids and just like no business or anything? Um, I don't know about no business, but I feel like <laughs> we say it like that yeah. in, the, in the early part of the you know date night. All right, no business, just you and me, and then five minutes later. I mean, honestly, <laughs> anytime away from the kids does feel like date night, and I think that's why we have fun with the business because we enjoy spending time with each other, whether it's like through work or you know at the cellar, unless like I'm doing something stupid and you know. <laughs> Uh, in the cellar. <laughs> anyway, um, but uh, I, um, yeah, I really think that we just enjoy spending time with each other. And so it is like we're always dating because like when we do our um, tastings at Hanok, where we get to hang out and then after we get to hang out with Peter and son and, um, you know, it's like it is like date night. So I feel like we just make it work with the extension from the business and But also, you know, the balancing family and business is always a struggle too. like, you know, in a way that, you know, if we give too much attention to one, the other one will be, you know, yeah, right. Yeah, no, it's it's important to find that balance. I I totally agree. I was just, I, you know, part of me, I just wanted to make sure that you all were finding a balance and dating (laughs) one another because holy cow, you got so much going on. Yeah. 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 (laughs) We go to the gym together too. And so we make time, we try and, you know, we, we get time together. So that's great. (laughs) Uh, I try, I try. Uh, have y'all given any thoughts, like what kind of legacy you want to, to leave your kids or like anything of that nature? You know, it's, I think the one thing is, I don't care if they do take on or not, you know, of chill wines or chill vineyards later, they, you know, they they can make their own decisions with that. But, you know, the one thing I want to kind of leave them behind is like, don't be afraid of trying anything. Mm-hmm. Just right. do it and figure it out. Um, also, you got to have grunt to actually stay with it. But, you know, just, you know, yeah, don't be afraid to try. So, I mean, I think that's the... Yeah, it's actually the opposite problem that we have with our kids because one night, my oldest um, in bed, I usually try and spend time with them, each of them, like, you know, 15 minutes just before they go to sleep, you know, debriefing their day. And um, my oldest had said to me, Mom, what if I lead just a normal life? And there's, like, I don't do anything special. Like, that was her worry. And I realized... 
while she's growing up watching mom and dad hustling and building something and growing something and then maybe even feeling a little pressure that this is the life that she's going to need to lead. And I told her, you know, you, you do you and you can find your path. And it wasn't that mom and dad wanted to build something big to start with. It was just, we were following our hearts and doing what we loved and pursuing that. And so that's all we ask of you. And so I think that calmed her worries a little bit. Well, that's that, that's great. And that's beautiful. I, you know, I have a 14 year old daughter and she is so afraid to put anything that she does out there into the world. Mm. I'm just, you know, trying to not push her, but just nudge her a little bit. And I was like, it's okay. But holy cow, she is uh, very introverted Mm -hmm. and just like, nope, I don't want to do it. No, I'm not doing good enough of a job and all that good fun stuff. So it's, Mm -hmm. you know, I I think it's, it's always good to talk to other parents and see where their kids are at and just, you know, you know, we're all, all every kid is so different so too. Different. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's embracing. Like I, when my oldest was, she was very timid when she was little. She was, when she was like three years old and I go to these mom groups, like, and, um, she would just cling to me and I would try and like nudge her away, like go make friends. But then I realized that was making her cling more. And I realized let's just give her space and let her cling. And when she's ready, she'll go. And when I gave her that space, she went. And so it's, um, I think sometimes just acknowledging those feelings can be really helpful in saying like our kids won't, yeah, our kids won't do recitals. They don't like performing. And we say, well, it's not a requirement. So we just want you to right. learn how to play. Well, piano, that's, well, so. correction. They love performing in front of us. In front of us. <laughs> but yeah, we grew up having, you know, to do those things. And so, you know, we're like, well, you know, if you don't want to, it's okay. We respect you. Yeah, no, that's, and, and I, you know, I try to do the same thing. It's just yes. parenting. Oh my gosh. I know. It'd be nice if there was just a manual like winemaking. Yeah. Wine making is so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yep. it is. Yep. Yes, it yep. is. Yep. Um, so I heard a story on your, your first harvest day where you lost, where you were punching down and uh, you, you lost your car keys. The very first one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I have. What did you learn from that? And have you lost your car keys since? Oh, luckily I haven't lost the car keys since then. But I learned that you know winemaking is very different than what I've been doing growing up, playing music, you know, playing soccer, you know, um, working at a restaurant. I mean, you know, all different. You know, hard, hard in its own way. But this is like just pure, like a lot of pure physical labor as a, especially, you know, cause when I just started, I'm just a harvest intern. So, um, right. it's a lot of manual work. Uh, yeah. And, uh, he called me and he, <laughs> he was like, I went to go get lunch in the car and <laughs> I lost my keys. I can't find them. And I don't have lunch. Can you come help me? So, I'm hungry. Yeah. So I go like, rescue him. And then later the next day, he goes into work and it had floated up to the, the cap. <laughs> oh. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and I heard that you, you spent some time in Burgundy as well, right? Yeah. Southern part of Burgundy, uh, more, uh, more Macon, like more near, uh, Beaujolais, uh, right. area. But, uh, yeah. So went there. Was a soul searching thing. Yeah. I went to this monastery called Taze. It sounds so funny when you suddenly are like, so I went to this monastery. (laughs) 
did a did a week of silence. Right. Um, hung out with monks and uh, walked around, <laughs> bunched, and then I don't know. It's just a uh, kind of. I guess you could see it as a hippie thing. Okay, so we have to go back to this. So when he was in college, there was this college group that had gone to Taizé and he had, we were dating at the time and we had, were engaged and he really wanted to go, but he sort of lost the opportunity to go and wasn't able to. And so while we were married and I became a nurse and I was working and he had dropped out of grad school because he was sort of soul searching and finding what his life's passion was. And so he was writing music at the time, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he was writing music and then um, had dropped out of school. And I told him, like, you really wanted to go to this, like, experience. Why don't you go? You know, this is your moment. You're not tied down to school right now. So he went. Um, And so that was, like, the two-week experience where one week of um, your – actually, it's like a co-op. So these young people from all around the world um, come to experience community with each other. See that community theme? Um, And so um, you, you know, do, um, you sing together, you prepare meals together, you gather around a table and use ingredients from the the local, you know, farm that they're, um, they're uh, uh, tending or whatever you call. And so, um, so that was the first week. And then the second week was doing pretty much the same thing, except you were being silent. So you actually still had meals with people and made eye contact and prepared meals and did the dishes, but you were all on silence or nonverbal cues. Um, and so it's just a moment to reflect and think. And so he used that time and it's really fun to look at all his notes from then. Um, and he came back such like a different person, like so, so reflective did, you know, thought before he spoke. And I was like, wow, this was really life-changing. And that lasted two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty good, two weeks. It was a great two weeks. But yeah, yeah, the experience was that, um, you know, he just walked to, he, you know, these are all things I heard from him, but um, where was that, like, um, how far down in the rabbit hole do you want to go into with this? Yeah, how how far do you want us to go with this but along with that, and then after that experience, I traveled down to Lyon, which is the gastronomic, you know, the capital yeah. of France. And then I got to experience all that side from like a monastery to like a more like a Lyon kind of more city, more food and wine type of deal. Uh-huh. And right. yeah, so I mean, those journeys kind of really play like a significant uh-huh. role in in building up you know who i am right now for sure yeah, he had pictures of him staring at cows like he said i'm sitting here staring at this cow <laughs> and he's like he, i have those pictures and then he also had gone to like this random hole in the wall um restaurant that was in in the countryside and asked for steak tartare and they were like adamant that he did not want the steak tartare he's like no that is what i want and they're like no you do not and they brought him like a well done steak <laughs> it was a steak and fries i'm like no <laughs> <laughs> At that point, I'm like, all right, fine. It was good. So, yeah, yeah, no, I, and I have to say, I'm on my bucket list is to do a, a week long silent retreat. I think it'd be absolutely amazing. So, you know, kudos for you to for doing that. I mean, the place to have a sugar mama when you're when you're twenty. <laughs> <laughs> you know that that always helps. Yeah, it does. Yeah. 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 Uh, and you also you spent some time at, at Soder too, correct? Stoller? Stoller. Soder. Stoller. Oh, Stoller. I thought, okay, no, I, I guess I got confused. I, yeah. 
Well, I did yeah, go to Soda a bunch of times. Uh, <laughs> ate their like dinner and wine. Yeah. I guess if you like combine all those experiences, sort of, right? <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. No, I thought I that you. Soda. Yeah. No, I, I thought you worked with with Chris there a little bit at Soda, so that was. And no, not really. Okay. No. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, my, oh, yeah. my apologies. I, I okay. messed up on that one. Yeah, but he was at Stoller in Argyle. So he worked with Nate at Argyle. Okay. And uh, Kate Payne Brown, Elizabeth, uh, Stoller. Yeah. So you got some great sparkling experience from Kate Payne Brown and from Nate. And that's, yeah. yeah. And was that your. A lot of both. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so you have your, your Blanc de Noir right now, mm -hmm. right? And yep. you know, what what else are you experimenting with on, on that side of the fence with bubbles? So bubbles, this year I made my first Blanc de Blanc, which will be taraged later and then it'll take forever. Um, right. Other than that, you know, already I have Pinot Noir, Pinot Gris Pet Nat. And then also I uh, just made a Pinot, uh, no, Chardonnay Pet Nat. Ooh. To expand that portfolio. Also, well, you know about Piquet, but also we made a apple grape coferment, which is like a Ooh. pretty much like a Piquet 2.0, but uh, it's like a after Blanc Noir pressing, there's a lot of juice in there still. And then but some of the Blanc de Blanc uh, juice in there. And then seven different uh, heritage clone, like, you know, uh, cider. cider apples, coferment together in a big old tank pump overs mm. and uh yeah we just bottled that and Liz and I were having it yesterday I'm like yes that's really good it reminds us of like a really high quality um like French cider it's like um, it reminds us like when we were in Normandy right mm -hmm. yeah yeah wow that does that sounds absolutely amazing yeah well, we'll, we'll have to break a bottle open and drink together sometime soon sign me up yeah yeah no that would be great um so you were in Southern Oregon this, this past summer and, you know, you visited Troon. Uh, I'm curious, what did you think of Troon and were you like on some sort of expedition or like exploratory mission or something? Sort of both. Uh, well, yes, yeah, that and both family time. So, you know, just balancing the two. And so um, we had met um, Craig Camp at the um, Crush on Oregon event. And he was just so kind and he was randomly said, Hey, you want, if you want to stay at the cottage, come on down. And so he had the, like graciously hosted our family at the cottage there. Um, and we got to tour the farm and their winemaking operations. And um, uh, what's his name? Is it Greg? Nate Wall? No, not Nate. The farm. Um, uh, I, a... I can't remember his name. Uh, I remember. Garrett, yeah. Garrett Long. Okay. So he's the um, the director of ag there, and he gave us a full tour of their farm because they're doing regenerative and biodynamic mm -hmm. farming, and that's something that's really close to our hearts and that we want to move forward with at our vineyard too. And so we just wanted to explore a little implement bit. Implement practices. Yes, implement practices. But um, <laughs> yeah, um, we're slowly realizing that all the things that we want to do are really expensive. And <laughs> we have limited funds. So um, we'll, mm. we're aiming towards that and hopefully right. one day we'll be able to fully implement. Um, mm. And yeah, it's just experiencing what it's like to be on a working farm, vineyard, um, trying to incorporate, you know, native um, flora and um, just embrace all of the good things and give back to the land. And so, yeah, that was part of it. 
Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. I was there the summer of 2021, and it's that area of of Oregon is just absolutely amazing. And you know, to have to hear that Tempranillo is growing at like 1,600 feet in elevation, I'm like, what? I know, <laughs> it's crazy. Oh. But yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I love what they're doing with, with the vineyard and the farm and all the animals. Uh, if you get a chance, you know, well, I'm, I'm sure that you've, have you, have you been out to Antigua? Antigua, I have not. I've had their wines, okay. but yeah, right. beautiful wines, yeah. Yeah, no, if you get a chance to visit Antigua, mm. I mean, what they're doing, you know, as far as, you know, biodynamic regenerative practices, I mean, it is, uh, to me, it's even more sophisticated than what Troon is doing. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll use your connection. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Yeah. Um, coming back to community a little bit, you know, let's, and focusing on the Oregon wine community, you know, in particularly, uh, a couple of weeks ago, you know, there was some, you know, you all got together with uh, Dan and Jean at Corollary and uh, Kenny and Allison from Arabolis. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's amazing to see those sorts of collaborations happening and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I'm curious what you thought of, you know, of that collaboration and, you know, maybe another story or two of, you know, of how the Oregon wine community has stepped up and, and helped you. Sure. Yeah, I mean, so like I said, we were at Instagram Winery. <laughs> and my my experience with the community was all via online. Dave was already, you know, he had networked quite a bit during his ten years here. But when I jumped into the business, I knew no one, and I knew everyone by their Instagram handle. So when we moved up here, I was like, I don't know who anyone is, but they all know who I am, and I feel really bad. And so. Um, it, it was amazing how many people stepped up and were like, we're so glad you guys are back in Oregon. If you need any help, if there's anything that, you know, I can, you know, assist you in, I'm here. And there were a number of people who said that. And um, so, I mean, I think that's just the spirit of Oregon. And then it's like the, it, that rising tide where, you know, if we, if we do well, we all do well. Um, and so, um, you know, I, I think that's just like the general theme that goes throughout. So it, it is, has been nice. And with Dan and Jean and, um, Kenny and Allison, like all of us are sparkling producers. And so for us to sort of band together and be in that like third generation of winemakers, um, with, you know, lots of passion and energy and, um, you know, we, when we hang out, we're just always throwing off ideas and like, what could, what's the next idea? What's, what could we do? And, um, so it's nice to have that community and to be able to taste through each other's wine and see where we're sourcing grapes and what we're doing, you know, each other is doing differently. Um, so yeah, definitely there's that collaboration aspect. Yeah. yeah. And there's, you know, really like winemaking is because, you know, even if you, like other producer knows like exactly what I'm doing, the wine won't be same. same yeah. So, I mean, so that's, that's kind of like the fun part of it is like, I can ask anyone, like, hey, so what did you do with this one? And then they tell me exactly, you know, how they did it without any hesitation, you know? So that's right. knowledge is openly shared, uh, experiences and wisdom. So I, I really love that uh, aspect of uh, the wine industry it's specifically in Oregon. Yeah, no, it wine is. is so tight in because anyone who's a winemaker is a foodie at heart as well. And so, you know, after any we... good winemaker, <laughs> <laughs> good point. 
but we, um, yeah, after we got together, we were at Winters Hill and we just tasted through all our, um, our, um, like sparkling base wines. And then we went over to Dan and Jean's place and he made like an awesome eggs Benny and it was so good. good. Drank so much champagne. (laughs) And then that was the day. That was the day I went to the Oregon Chardonnay celebration. So it was a good day. I was feeling good already. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. No, I mean, you can't complain about anything like that at all. Yeah. And yeah, Kenny and Allison, we can't wait to see um, their, their label is Aravalis. Um, and so they make wine in the same um, production uh, in, at Bjornsson that we do. And um, their sparkling isn't released yet, but you know, everyone is in for a treat. So they're, they're releasing their inaugural release this uh, fall. So look out for that. Yeah, most definitely. I, uh, you know, I, I interviewed them yesterday as well. Oh, so did. Oh, sweet. I Very did. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Very cool. Very a PhD cool. in sparkling. I mean, wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. No, he was telling me, you know, just the, his dissertation was on sparkling right. and, you know, studying the different effects of, sh- you know, how sugar manipulated the mouthfeel and everything mm-hmm. for sparkling. It was pretty right. much uh, dealing with demisec wines just because yep. of, of the sugar and just, I was just like, oh, yeah, 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 so, yeah. so much nerding out. I loved it. Yes. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Kenny's awesome. With it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. When we yeah. hang out, Kenny brings all the nerdy knowledge and we bring the fun. <laughs> 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 the fun <too. laughs> yes. No. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah no, they ha- and they have Kenny and Allison, they have a great story, you know, within their, within themselves. So that was a, that was a great interview. Nice. Not to say that this isn't a great interview. It is too. I'm just. <laughs> David Lois, you're such a bore. <laughs> oh, so oh. awful. <laughs> oh, so I have a, a few uh, rapid fire questions and then, you know, I can let you off the hook if that works. Sounds good. Okay. So, um, you know, both of you can answer if you want, or if one of you want to answer it, so it's whatever you want to do. So first question is favorite artist to listen to during harvest. Oh gosh! That's well, this is not my original, but I heard it somewhere. But um, during Punchdown, it's a, like the initial track of Les Mis. Look down, look down, <laughs> look up in the sky. That one is a classic. It's a classic. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I just listen to electronic pop all the time, so you know anything in that genre. Yeah. Okay. That's what well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Late 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 Miz might be a little bit better. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh favorite indulgent food. Oh, sushi all the time. Yeah. I'm a big sushi fan. Mm. And chocolate. Anything. Okay. Any desserts that are chocolate. Raw nice. raw things. Raw things. Raw things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, still. Oh, have you, do you, have you explored oysters up in Washington any at all? We have plenty of Washington oysters. Yeah. We we haven't actually physically gone, but somebody who, um, doesn't, um, Andrew Alpin, don't they like 
Do, do they get oysters up there? Yes. Yeah, they have like yeah. a cabin. So um, the owners of um, Laurel Peaks. Vineyard Six Peaks, where we source our grapes, um, Andrew Albin is their son. We're good friends with him, but their family goes up. They have a cabin up there and they go and get oysters all the time. Crabbing. Yeah, they go crabbing. Man. Yeah. yeah, no, there's, I, I've been exposed to some Hama Hama oysters. Yes. You know, north of Olympia a little bit. Oh my gosh. Beautiful. So good. Beautiful. Yes. So our favorite oyster story is we went to New Tarts Bay and we went to the Navarre um, shellfish house and got a bunch of like a huge bag of oysters. And then we took our um, propane like little camp our, like camp stove and took it to the beach. And we had like, don't tell anyone. We had <laughs> Well, this is being your, your secret safe. I, I will. I won't say anything. I don't, I don't know if this is legal. Yeah. But we, like, <laughs> like, what was it? Frank, um, it was a Nitard in France. Which, which champagne was it? The Frank. Um, uh, anyway, so we had champagne and argyle and like savart. Like, yeah, savart. Yeah. Um, and with and we grilled oysters with like miso and sriracha, and it was mm. amazing. So that's our favorite story. Yeah, favorite no, that's that's great. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, harvest notes, are they digital or handwritten? Handwritten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> other than, other than what Lois posts up on Instagram and yeah. things like that. What did we do again? <laughs> Let's scroll back on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. What's that harvest yeah. notes? It is. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah. Uh, if you could choose a superpower, what would it be? Oh, mm, cloning myself like multiple times. <laughs> so I could be in multiple ways. Yeah. <laughs> That would be great. Yes. Um, I already, I already then, have superpower right here. So. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> uh, and then uh, who is your favorite superhero? Superman. I'm Lois Lane. Superman. Okay. Perfect. And last rapid fire question is, what is the last book you read? If you have any time to even read a book. You know. Grape Whispers. Oh, there you go. Oh yeah, that was that was a good one. Yeah, Sorry, I don't read. I I read journals of like wine making stuff. But I don't. He uh, listens to a lot of podcasts. So. Well, and that's that's fine too. Those I mean, ones. if you have a podcast, yeah, I'll listen to that by uh, Levy Dalton. Levy Dalton. I'll drink to right. that. I'll drink to that. <laughs> I'll, drink that. I yeah. I'll listen to that. Oh, I'll drink to that. Drink, yeah, listen. It's all the same. We also listen to a small business podcast as well. I think it's based in like New Zealand or Australia. Australia. It's in Australia. Yeah. Um, but it's been helpful because like it, it talks a lot about how to grow your small business and um, they interview tons of people and different strategies. And so mm. yeah, when we have off time, we listen to that. Long drive. Oh, that's, that's a good resource. I haven't heard of that one. So thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's called uh, small business. Big marketing. Big marketing. Mm -hmm. Ooh, even better. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank us you. On. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you.